Well, hello again. It is good to be in your living room. It is good to be able to speak to you. Man, not to be able to see you is not easy, but you know the Lord is doing something very unique. Yeah, I know. I believe the enemy is trying to get us to flinch. You and I have done so well on the first shutdown. We came back together rejoicing. What a joy that was to see one another. But, you know, he's trying to get us to flinch again. And I'm not going to flinch. Are you? No, I don't think so. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word of God. Worship was amazing. I pray that you are feeling so relaxed in your home and wherever you're at to worship with us and uh, in your offerings. And just the time that we pray for you. Yes, every single day we are praying for you your loved ones, and we are praying for all of our friends that are joining us. We began a series many weeks ago called God is What? We're talking about God's attributes. What a perfect timing that God gave us to where he brought us this series and gave this to me so that we could talk about who he is and get our minds and our hearts focused on him and not all the stuff that's going out there in the world. And we've seen who God is, and because of that, we are experiencing some very unique, exciting things at Valley Community Church. We'll be talking to you more about that a little bit later uh, next few weeks. But this series is about the attributes of God. We've been answering the question, God is what? We've talked about His grace, His sovereignty. He, he's omnipotent, omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's eternal. He's immutable. These help us understand who God is and how He acts. So let me remind you, very close, let me remind you, an attribute is not something God has. It is something that God is. And today, in the next couple weeks, we will conclude this series on his attributes, on talking about he is what? God is love. Remember, misconceptions about who God is is like cracks in your foundation of your life or your home. Sooner or later, your Christian practices, your beliefs, and your standards will fall if you don't have a right concept of who God is. So love, this is the last attribute we'll cover. Let me make some statements now. All of God's attributes have either foundation in God's love. Let me say it another way. All of God's attributes have a strong foundation in the basis of who God is, that God is love. God's love is infinite. His love has no boundaries, has no measures, and has no limits. God's love is eternal. It will always be there. Why? Because He is love. God's love is powerful. God's love is all-knowing. 
He knows all about me, and he loves me anyways. Isn't that amazing? Here is this, we've learned this perfect, powerful God. And he loves you and me right where we're at. Why? Not because we've done some good things. It's because God is love. He literally lives by, he acts upon his love towards you and me. God's love is all present. No matter where you're at, where you've been, God's love was always there to receive you. God's love is unchanging. He never changes. God's love is pure. Because why? God is pure. See, we have to look at that because of our experiences about love. In our experiences, sometimes we have experienced or thought love didn't work or love wasn't good enough. It wasn't great enough. But when you understand God is love, he never makes a mistake. Now, do you know where we're going here? God not only loves, again, he is love. In 1 John chapter 4, 1 John, love is mentioned 36 times. And I'm going to read you a, a smaller portion of 1 John chapter 4. And in the passage that I'm going to read to you, it says the word love 21 times. So I believe that what he's telling us, what John is telling us, is that we need to really understand the absolute foundation of who God is. We have to understand what this is, love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love, listen to what it says. And I'm going to make a couple strong statements today. Does not know God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. When I married Terry, I fell in love with her. This scripture says, by knowing God, I then know love. You see what I'm trying to say there? I then love Terry well. Because I know love, love is God, and if I know God, then I know how to love. I can do great things, I, I can marry her, and we, we can live together for 80 years and do great, have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, but the reality is, for me to truly love my wife, I need to know love, God. So now, if you are not born again, and knowing God, you know, you, you can't love, and not knowing God, you can't love God, so an unbeliever cannot truly love, oh, they can be the Hollywood, they can do those things, they can uh, be with someone and live with someone for many years, and you know people like that, but they really don't know love. How special it is we, the church, can understand when we know God, we know love, then we truly can love one another, and your homes can absolutely be transformed because why you know love. Verse 9, 
In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, and that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Well, sounds like a big word, doesn't it? Propitiation. But let me just tell you what it means. It means atonement. It means payment. God sent his son to be the payment for our sins. That's love. God gave us his son. That's love. Now, why did he do that? Because God is love. And that's exactly what a person of love would do. See, he did it because it was out of himself that he did that. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. Now, this statement doesn't seem to match this passage. It seems like he just says something, and, uh, and then he goes back, oh, I got to get back to what I was writing. No, this really goes along well. We're going to talk about, just keep your finger there, And uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. You see that? If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. If you ever have questions, how do I handle life with all the stuff that's going on? How do I live my life out? and see God's perfection manifest through me, it's because you know God who is love, and because you know love, then you can love, and you can handle anything that you face. Verse 16 will change your life. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. If you know and believe God's love for you, it will absolutely transform Everything, how you think and how you live your life and how you extend your giftings and who you are in the call of God in your life. Let's continue verse 16. God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Verse 17. This is what happens when love is perfected in you and me. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Listen, we're talking about God is what? He is love. As he is love, so you and me are love on this earth. You and I can handle the stuff, all the junk that's going on. Why? Because we know who God is in us and we're created in his image and his likeness. You can handle this season. You can handle whatever you face in this season. Boldness and no fear. Verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Remember we talked about fear last week. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love, or doesn't know God, doesn't know his attribute, doesn't know that God, he is love, or love is he. 
The world tells you to be afraid of love. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And fear, if it manifests in you, it involves torment to try to remove you from that massive, wonderful relationship that God has with you. Now, with some, they're taught to be afraid of marriage. They're taught to be afraid of commitment. It's fear that does this, not love. Verse 18, 1 John 4 again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. Remember verse 12? No one has seen God. Verse 20 and 21 will explain that. And God doesn't beat around the bush either. Verse 20. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, I'm going to say that again. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Verse 21. And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. Notice it's a commandment. Hollywood has given us a definition of love. So many programs teach their way of love, and we are mesmerized by Hollywood. Question is, how have those precepts worked in your life? How has that worked when you allowed that to penetrate your heart and to love like Hollywood loves? The Bible tells us who and what love is. So let me give you some points today and next week. First of all, we need to understand what the Bible tells us about love, that love is a choice. Love is a choice. Scripture says God loved us before we loved him. God chose to love you and me. See, you don't have a feeling and then you choose to love, Hollywood. Rather, you choose to love, then you get the feeling. <laughs> I tell uh, young people when young couples when they're about to get married, premarital uh, advice. And, and I tell them, I said, you need to understand that you are head over heels in love with her or him. But I want you to realize you haven't even scratched the surface. When you recognize the love of God, put God in your marriage and lean on him for every aspect of your relationship, love will explode and you will have this amazing relationship that you never dreamed that you could have. See, emotions are to follow your will, not your will follow your emotions. See, if, if your will follows your emotions, then you are in trouble because then you will only do what you feel like doing. Can you imagine if God only did what he felt like doing? We need to learn to love by faith. God chose to love you and will never stop loving you. Love is a choice and you don't fall in and out of love. 
Hollywood says love is something you don't have any control over. It just overwhelms you. You know, some of these movies, they, they argue all the way through the movie, and at the end, they fall in love and get married. Really? That's not how it works. Love just hits you one day, and you don't know how. And the, the same way it came unexpectedly, this love, it can leave also. Now, don't get me wrong. I like these movies. I, I like watching stuff. As a matter of fact, I really are, am enjoying, during this lockdown, watching my wife as we watch the movies like this because it brings joy to me seeing my wife enjoy uh, the movie. See, you can wake up, they say you can wake up one morning and not love anymore. So let me give you the truth. You may wake up one morning and feel like you're not in love and make a choice based on your feelings and ruin your life. See, because love is a choice. Matthew 22 explains this, verse 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. See, at this time, the New Testament was being written. Jesus was talking about the whole Bible of the time. What was the whole Bible of the time? Genesis through Deuteronomy was the law, and Joshua through Malachi was the prophets. And, and, and what we see, Jesus said, I can sum up the whole Bible. That's what Jesus said to the, to the people. I can sum up the whole Bible. What is the whole Bible? Love God and love your neighbor. That can sum up life. So let's just pause here and thinking in that realm and let's prove something. I said in this first point, love is a choice. And Jesus shows us this. Jesus said, you are commanded to love God and love your neighbor. So tell me, how could God command us if love is an emotion that we have no control over. See, because love is a choice. In today's culture, we don't want to hear the word commanded. We don't want to hear that. God commands you to love him. If you don't, you are breaking his commandment. So again, the Bible says to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. So love is a choice. And folks, you do have control over it. People say, well, I don't feel like it. Okay. Even if you don't feel like it, it's the right thing to do to love your spouse. Even if you don't feel like it, it's the right thing to do to lay your life down for your family. We hear in the news today of... of just problems in the homes because everybody's together. Can you imagine what God is doing during this shutdown? I laugh at the enemy because in this shutdown, you know what he's doing? Is God is drawing the family together. Even though there are people that are still 
uh, living on their emotions and falling apart and all the different things. But when you understand who God is, he is love and you love, then what's going to happen? Your home at the end of this second shutdown will be so full of the anointing of God and love will prevail and love will conquer every uh, insecurity, every uh, wrong that we have done in our past. It will bring us to a home that is a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit. When you love something, you invest your time, you invest your resources, and you invest your emotions. Make a choice to do that. If a man loves golf, I do. I invest into it. If a woman loves her house, she invests into it. She invests her time, her resources, her emotions. Church, if you don't feel like it, then there is something wrong with your commitment. Bottom line. If you don't feel like loving, there's something wrong with your commitment to that relationship and knowing who God is. Do you know why some invest more into their children than they do their marriage? Listen very closely, married people. Let me ask it again. Do you know why some invest more into their children than they do their marriage? The answer is their children are part of them, flesh and blood. And they love themselves more than they love their spouse. That's wrong. It's absolutely wrong. Love who God is. See, God sent his son to go to the cross. You are commanded to love. If you don't, You're selfish. If we don't, we're selfish, the Bible says. So now this brings me to my second point, but we're going to conclude with this and let you know what it is. And I want you to bathe your thinking on this second point. Love is unselfish. Love is unselfish. Let me leave you with that thought. Next time together, we will continue. And we will begin with love is unselfish. What does that mean? What does that mean for your home? What does that mean for your personal walk with God? Unselfishness. You know your pastors love you. You know Pastor Terry and I think about you daily, pray for you. We proclaim the word of God over you. And so just understand, Jesus Christ is Lord of the church and he's Lord of your home. Hey out there, we love you. Pastor Dan.